Welcome to Sacrifice to Success Podcast. My name is David Weaver, and I am the owner of The Forgotten Heart Project. My mission is to help others create freedom in every aspect of their life. In this season of the podcast, we are talking life, business, and what makes you feel alive. We are speaking with business owners and entrepreneurs from all over, hearing about the sacrifices, the learnings, the twists, the turns, the ups and downs, and the successes that they have had in life and business. These are their stories. All right. Welcome, everybody. Today, I am excited to have Eric Jensen on with me. Welcome, Eric. Hey, David. Glad to be here. Awesome. So let's start with just a little bit about you and your company. Give us the, the high-level overview. Uh, well, the high-level overview, kind of the elevator pitch, uh, is we are a marketing agency, and we help agencies, coaches, and consultants build a position of thought leadership and then monetize it. Uh, so nice. that's that's really our our specialty um, because we know from our own research, uh, from from reviewing other research, uh, that that companies uh, specifically uh, those that are agencies, coaches, or consultants, um, if they have develop and leverage a position of thought leadership, they can make a lot more money. They can do it faster. Uh, they can charge more, and they keep those uh, those clients longer. Nice. Okay. Yeah. All good awesome. outcomes for a business. <laughs> right. Yes, for sure. Um, so what made you decide to start this business? Do you have a background in marketing? Like where did, where did it come from? Yeah. Uh, so my entrepreneurial journey, I'll put that in air quotes, uh, started fairly young. Um, so my, my brother and I used to haul wood and water at campgrounds uh, for five bucks a pop because we thought that was a great way to be able to make money. Uh, we ended up actually teaching in a lot of different, uh, different events and places over the years as we traveled with our folks. Uh, we eventually started a, a juggling show. So I traveled all over the country for uh, about 16 years uh, doing that and paid my way through college and everything along those lines that started, nice. uh, I think when I was around 14 or 15, I think somewhere in there. Um, and, uh, and then, uh, I had the privilege of meeting my business partner when I was, uh, in college. Um, and he had, he had stepped out of the university. He was working there, um, at the uh, small business development center. Uh, he and I worked on some couple really cool projects. Uh, one was a startup competition at Duke and another one was for a nonprofit. Um, so when he stepped out to, to really think about starting predictive and, and step into it, um, he gave me a call and, and asked if I wanted to join. Nice. Yeah. And you, so and you were I like, excited to do it. Nice. Did you, had you had any interest in like this world at all, or like you doing some research and going, what were you going to school for? Or was this just kind of like, it's an opportunity and sh yeah, I'm just going to go for it. Yeah. So, uh, I was in school for marketing and then okay. obviously a marketing agency. So, so that background was, was definitely uh, part of it, but um, I, I think like a lot of um, the the other entrepreneurs that I know, it's just something that you're going to do. It's it's less about the individual opportunity itself and more about the opportunity to grow something, to do something really cool, to change the world. Um, and, and that's what I stepped into this with. Plus, uh, like I said, uh, a, a business partner that I'm, I'm thankful every day to have. Um, and love it. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's been ups and downs. There's been horror stories. There's been 
late nights and uh, and and moments that I would never want to relive again. But uh, yeah, it's been it's been fantastic overall. Nice. So when you guys were getting started, did you have clear idea of what your roles were and where the company was going? Or did you kind of develop that over time? Yeah, I think we had really clear idea. And then we blew it all up multiple times as the business grew. And as the reality of the marketplace shifted, as we realized our strengths, um, we'd go back and say, well, this is what it's going to be. And, and and then we blow that up again uh, and start from scratch. So um, the the company has been through several iterations. And I, I think that that is, again, not atypical um, right. for, you know, building the plane when you're falling out of the sky, uh, yeah. <laughs> which, which is kind of what entrepreneurship is like. Um, and, and you have to be able to listen to the market. You have to be able to pivot um, when someone gives you a piece of, uh, of advice or when a client asks you, hey, you know, this thing that you do? And you're like, yeah. And I'm like, well, could, could you do that for us? And we're like, oh my gosh, we could totally get paid for that. Yes, we can do that, right? Yeah. Um, so there, there is a little bit of that. Uh, although I will say, um, once you have done that enough, you need to be a little bit more thoughtful about the direction that you're going and mm-hmm. don't, be, don't be moved by the tides quite as much. Um, because if you do that too much, you're constantly in a reinvention role, which is great for learning lessons, uh, but not so great for scaling. Right. Yeah, that totally makes sense. And would you say, I think this is just my observation, but that the marketing world seems to shift more than a lot of other things. Like something that was working pretty well a year ago is not working at all this year, you know, stuff like that. What's your perspective on that? Well, yeah. So I need, I want to, I want to agree with that with also a grain of salt, right? I mean, any, anybody who's in any profession is like, man, it's so hard to keep up with things, but yes, uh, marketing is a pretty dynamic industry and, and it, and part of the reason is exactly what you described is, uh, a strategy or a tactic that worked for a period of time um, worked for a reason. And a lot of other companies and organizations are going to go, sweet, let's take advantage of that. And we're going to do it too. And before long, that particular strategy or tactic has uh, saturation. Um, right. And once something is saturated that way, the effectiveness can really wear off. But um, you know, with marketing, there are some really core principles that don't really change the platform changes, mm-hmm. um, the tweaks that you make in order to be found a little bit better change the tweaks that you make to stand out more change. But, uh, the basis of marketing, the philosophy behind it, its purpose is, is pretty robust. And, and that stays true throughout all those, those permutations. Uh, so I'd say a lot of it is just learning where is the market shifting? Where is market attention shifting to and how you can take advantage of that? Nice. Yeah, yeah I, that was going to be my follow-up. I was like, but but I know there's principles behind it that don't really change. You're, right. Hard to hit it. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. For anybody that, that thinks uh, you have to change your, your marketing principles just because a new social media platform came out, uh, not the case. Um, you, you, just need to, you just need to understand what what users are looking for from that new platform as far as an experience and then cater to that experience. 
Um, you know, so it's different things like how long should videos be? Well, that depends, right? I mean, mm -hmm. are you talking Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Vimeo? Um, are you hosting it on, uh, you know, learning platforms, things along those lines? Are you mostly doing it on your own website? All those give you different answers as far as what that should be. But the principle is still this content should be useful, right? Mm. It should help yeah. someone solve a problem. It should help them be better tomorrow than they are today because they took the time to consume it. Because if not, uh, then I don't really want to consume more of your content. Uh, I don't really, I don't really trust you. I'm not super interested in, in your products or services, and I'm definitely not likely to come back. Right. Right. Cool. Okay. So let's, uh, take us anywhere you want here, but talk to me about some challenges that you've overcome and like some of the lessons that you've gleaned from that. Yeah. Uh, so this is this is a story that I tell um, specifically to those that are kind of newer on the entrepreneurial journey, or uh, maybe they have a small team. Uh, so early on in Predictive's life, we made a gamble. Um, we were going to have uh, a live event, and this live event we booked really top-notch speakers. Uh, we booked out, you know, uh, the Marriott in Orlando. We got all the catering taken care of. We got our ads in Success Magazine. We had a board of directors like, ah, yeah, we were set. Um, and we sold two tickets. Mm. Um, and so that was, uh, that was about a quarter million dollar mistake at the beginning of a business. Um, as you can imagine, that led to some, uh, <laughs> Sometimes where we were actually like physically nauseous thinking about like what, what we had done. Um, and we really, we really fell into the field of dreams trap, mm. uh, build it and people will come. And, and what I would say to anybody that is out there and starting this journey, there is one thing that is more valuable in your business than anything else that you have. And that is your list. Mm. You need to be building your list. You need to be caring for your list. You need to be making sure that your list is healthy in every respect uh, of the word, because the more you do that, the more stable you are as a business. Um, because just as many businesses die from having too many opportunities as having too few opportunities. Now, for somebody that's listening, they may go like, oh, <laughs> I want to have too many opportunities. Let's do that. I want to do yeah. that all day long. But they say <laughs> yes to all of them. Uh, and then what happens is they end up getting a bad reputation because they're not taking care of the business that they have. They're not doing a good job of the work. Uh, they're burning out team members, things like that. So good business growth is, is walking a really fine line uh, between not growing fast enough and growing too fast. And if you've done a good job of building and cultivating and nurturing your list and it's filled with the right people, you kind of have a biz dev spigot you can turn it on or off when it's appropriate for your growth. Um, and that gives you immense flexibility and strength in your ability to throttle what you're doing as a business, because every part of your business is going to need attention. Um, but there's going to be different fires at different times. And some of them you're going to have control over and some of them you're not. Um, and so for anybody, especially right now, that's been going through, let's say uh, a growth period and they're like, man, we got business coming in. We got lots of business, just can't find the people to be able to do the work. 
Well, you're not alone. There's a lot of businesses that are dealing with that. And the smart ones are actually saying no to business when it's appropriate to say no. They're not saying yes and hoping that they're going to be able to fill that talent deficit in time to do good. Um, and, and those that are, are risking it, some of them are going to get lucky. Many of them are not. Yeah. So uh, to sum that up, keep the qu quality of your, your service or whatever you're delivering is king, the most important thing. Right. Yeah. You're, you're building, you're building a reputation, whether you want it or not, you are, mm -hmm. <laughs> the marketplace is going to have a description for you, whether you decide, whether you uh, thoughtfully provide that description or not, you're going to be the <laughs> X person. You're going to be the X company. Yeah. Um, what that, what you are building in the minds of the market takes a long time to change. Yeah. Okay. Love it. Okay. So going back to this $250,000 um, stomach turning mistake, if, if you will, what did you take from that into the future so that you're making a different decision next time? I won't even say better. I'm just saying a different decision as you move forward. Yeah. I'll even go so far as to say it was a better decision. We, <laughs> we got, we got, we got really intentional uh, about, like I said, building and nurturing those uh, those people that are within our our networks, um, mm -hmm. and whether that is whether whether that is physical email addresses, um, you know, where we got a, a database of those, or whether those are the communities that we're a part of, uh, and we're making sure that those relationships are really solid. Um, we we did we we modified how we went went about really um, taking ownership of those pieces. And it felt slow at first. It felt like, oh, come on, let's just sell, let's just sell, let's just sell. Um, and I think that's what a lot of businesses do in the beginning. And you have to do sales. I'm not saying let that go. Mm -hmm. But I am saying um, if you don't build a foundation, you're always going to be reinventing your cash flow each month. Mm. You're always going to be um, in a bit of a feast and a famine mode. And so I would be really, really, I would say one of the biggest lessons is consistency is king on what it is that you're doing. Um, stick with it. And, and, you know, if you do that, your monthly newsletter and you get it out twice a year, that's not consistent. Mm -hmm. And lots of companies do that, right? Mm -hmm. um, if, if you dedicate to doing, you know, blog posts on a regular basis, make sure you do it. You don't have to overpromise. You don't have to, to promise to be in 18 different places at once, um, but be consistent in where you're showing up and show up in a really good way um, because that's also building a reputation for you. If you're unreliable in how you show up in the marketplace, it's kind of an assumption you're going to be unreliable in how you deliver your products and services. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That's an in interesting point. Um, I know I'm just thinking right now, like, I know there was something I, I dropped the ball on, which is not like me. I don't, I don't do that, <laughs> and, uh, you know, and, but it happens from time to time. Um, yes. but yeah, like that consistency thing doesn't just apply to this. It applies to literally everything in, in our lives, like whatever we're consistent with. So I always tell people like, um, I've done some pretty cool, like climbing in my uh, life. I've done some like pretty awesome stuff, but it's not because I'm like extra special or extra talented or anything. It's just because I just kept showing up and putting in the work so that when the opportunities were there, 
I could go take it because I was ready. Right. And so yeah. it's, being, it's being ready to take advantage of those. It's being able to showcase what it is that you do and how you get there. And uh, in your case, maintaining the, you know, the physical acumen to be able to do it. Right. Yeah. Um, okay. Awesome. So let's talk about leveraging our time and resources um, because yes. obviously we can, we can get these principles and we can see it, but the, then actually executing for consistency while also doing the work we need to do with the, like, you yeah. know, it's not that simple. So <laughs> I know it's easy to talk about. It's hard to do, right? right? Yeah. <laughs> um, well, okay. So I, uh, you'll have to be careful with me on this one because I nerd, I nerd out on this uh, particular subject a little bit. Awesome. Um, I love processes. I love systems. Uh, and I love being able to, uh, to help business owners kind of get the most out of their time that they can. Um, so we have, we have some really specific things and I'll go through some terms because I want this to make sense as I'm going through okay. it and I know I'll totally slip into terminology and I don't want that to be inside baseball. Um, so when we think about businesses, there are certain activities that business owners must be doing on a regular basis anyway. Okay. There are certain activities that either the business owners or those working within a business are doing on a regular basis. The goal is not to add something more to your schedule. The goal is to take those activities you're doing already and leverage them in a different way because you've actually thought about how they can be leveraged to begin with. Okay. So when we think about uh, the sort of content that can be really leveraged, we call that cornerstone content. Cornerstone content has three very specific um, criteria. So number one is it has to be regular, meaning it goes out with consistency, but it's also regular in its quality. It's regular. I know, weird, right? <laughs> regular in its quality, regular in its audience, regular in all those other sorts of things, right? So when we say regular, it is consistent, okay? So it needs to be consistent. Uh, it needs to be meaty, meaning that uh, a tweet is not meaty. You're going to have a very hard time transforming that into many other things. Uh, but let's say this podcast, your podcast episode are meaty. There's a lot more information. This is higher context um, to just having a short little snippet, right? right. Um, so Cornerstone content is also uh, meaty and it's not a one trick pony. So for any business that is, uh, you know, like building their business on Amazon or they're building their business on Facebook, that's lovely unless either of those platforms decide that they're no longer going to host your, your content. If right. all of your contacts are on there, if all of your content is on there, and it can't live anyplace else, or you don't have anyplace else, you're starting over from scratch. Okay. So again, we'll just use this podcast as an example. If your podcast, let's say iTunes says, you know what, we're done. We're not doing podcasts anymore. Okay. I know that they've got the lion's share of audience right now, but there are lots of other companies in the wings that are happy to be able to take that content. And this podcast can be found on all sorts of other platforms already. Having one player disappear does not mean anything to you, okay? So that's that's the difference between one trick pony. Um, so when we think about cornerstone content uh, and the things that business owners are doing on a regular basis already, um, one of them is they have to have sales conversations. They have to be developing relationships. Okay, you're developing a relationship with me right now. Yep. Great. You're also creating content from it. Mm -hmm. Awesome, right? And because this is this is cornerstone content, it's meaty. 
you can take this and slice and dice this. There's going to be show notes off of this. There's going to be email content. There's going to be social media off of this. There's going to be all sorts of different pieces that can be created off of it, all with relatively little work compared to the creating of the cornerstone content itself, mm -hmm. right? Yep. You didn't have to sit down and stare at a blank cursor or a blank screen with a, the, the beeping cursor and go all of a sudden like, okay, what I got to type. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and, and everybody hates that. Like, Oh, I gotta, I gotta show up and be brilliant right now. You don't have to do that. Right. Yeah. You've created a really good system to be able to do that for you instead. And some people are going to go, Oh, I don't want to do a podcast. Fair enough. Right. What about primary research? We help clients with that. Right. What about blog posts? You have to be prolific, but if you're a writer and you love to do that, great. And you're like, Oh, I don't know if I can come up with enough topics. Guess what? If you go through a year worth of your emails where you answered content questions, strategy questions, tactics, walkthroughs, how to's, you name it in your inbox that you sent clients, you probably got three years worth of content already. Mm. Okay. We all produce this stuff all the time as businesses. Mm -hmm. We just do a crappy job of actually leveraging it into anything else. Mm -hmm. And we let yeah. it disappear into the ether. We let it just hang out under our digital bed, gathering dust. Yeah. Right. So what I would, what I would definitely say is when it comes to leveraging content, have a plan on how to be able to do it. And if you take a few steps in the very beginning, it is amazing how much more leverage you can get out of the content that you have. Right. And I'll give one concrete example and then we'll move on. Cause like I said, I can, I can wax lyrical <laughs> about this forever. So I don't want to, I don't want to do that. Um, so we'll just use this podcast as an example, right? Yep. So in order for you to be able to hand this over to a writer or in order for you to be able to write it yourself, there is a review of the whole episode and you and I are going to cover many, many different topics, right? Mm -hmm. We've already covered like what, four, five different things. Yep. You also know what's most important to your audience. So what if at the very end of this, we finish with a recording, you take 30 seconds, 30 seconds, and you just record as if you were doing a promotional piece for social media. Oh my gosh, you have to listen to the episode because this topic, this topic, this topic, and this is why it's going to matter to the listeners. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now if you take that 30 second snippet and that either gets transcribed or it gets just listened to by the person that's writing your show notes, by the person that's transforming it into emails, by the person that's going to be doing social media off it, whether that's you or not, right? Mm -hmm. What a beautiful North star. And there's no confusion about what they should be focusing on. There's no chance that they're going to focus on something that doesn't matter out of this cornerstone content. It's all going to be narrowed in on what really moves the needle for your audience and takes 30 nice. seconds. Yeah. Right. So it's small changes that can have outsized impact on the clarity of your message. Yeah. Very cool. So I'm curious because I, I have this um, belief for, for my belief, I don't know, idea. And I'm, I have encouraged other people to do this same thing. And I'm curious what you think about it, which is, mm -hmm. I want to spend as much time growing and creating my business, doing things that I love as possible. Yes. So when it comes to like choosing, how am I going to get my message out there? Well, it's pretty easy for me. It's almost like no brainer for me. Like I love doing podcasts. So I'm just definitely going to just do that. Right. Um, but some, somebody who, like you said, doesn't 
do that. You know, I think we get this idea that, oh, I have to do this and this, otherwise it's not going to work. But right. I think that we have more freedom than we, we try to make it out like we have. And um, we can pick things that are in our like gifting and strengths that are going to have much better effect anyway, because if you like the thing you're doing, people are going to feel that and hear that, right? It's going <laughs> to come through. <laughs> Well, you're not going to dread doing it. You're actually going to get it done with consistency. You're going to do it with excellence rather than just phoning it in. Yeah, there's all sorts of benefits to it. So yes, um, as you grow your, your capabilities as a business, you're going to want to find the people that have strengths that you don't have. Um, and again, maybe you're really good in calls with clients from a strategy standpoint. Awesome. What if you record those? Your smarts are being on your your smarts are being put on display all the time when you're in those calls. Hmm. So how can you leverage that, right? And yeah. it might be that that you can capture it really easily and hand it over to somebody. It's possible that you need someone a little bit more dedicated to you, uh, who can who can kind of decipher what it is that you're talking about and dig those things out. But yeah, uh, don't you can't run away from all of the things that you don't like to do as a business. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Okay. So don't, don't, I don't want anybody At to get first. Message. Eventually you can, I Maybe. think I would argue for the most part, like most of it, you can get rid of most of it, but not all yeah. of it. There's always going to be things that you just can't abdicate. Um, yeah. either because you don't have the right person or because it, the, the cost effectiveness of doing so is, is not there. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, so most people have something within their day that they don't necessarily love to do, right? Sure. Yeah. And that's okay. So don't, don't try to yeah. get rid of everything, but do try to look at the things that you can go, well, I really, I know I need to get that done. I know I need to do that on a regular basis. It's not my wheelhouse. It's not what I love to do. And there are all sorts of people out there that are really talented at doing this and they can totally do it faster and better than I can, which allows me to put my time towards the things that no one else can replace my, me on, right? So if you haven't read, anybody that has not read uh, E-Myth Revisited, you should do so. Fantastic book. Write that awesome. art chart, put those names in there, put those responsibilities in there, and then figure out where you can remove yourself because you look at that that position on the org chart and go, oh, I don't want to do that anymore, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're such a great example of this. Like you started out saying, don't let me get too far down the rabbit hole. I love processes and systems. Yep. Do you know how many business owners I talk to that are like, I hate processes and systems. <laughs> <laughs> so yep. it's like, it's beautiful because like we need, you need us. We need you. Like, you know, we can help each other out so much when we just stop trying to do all the things that I'm in just on our thing. Yeah. And, and a lot of business owners are admittedly visionaries uh, yeah. versus integrators, right? Um, so, so my business partner, Steven, he is definitely more on the visionary side and I'm definitely more on the integrator side. We're lucky. We have that, that strength in each other to be able to rely on, um, yeah. right. Maybe you don't have that internally in your organization yet, in which case, yeah, you're gonna, you're gonna need to find that, um, yeah. because otherwise it's going to just be a slog for you. Quite frankly, you're not going to do a very good job of it probably. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, okay. Awesome. So let's move on to another topic that um, we mentioned before the call today, which is just talking about the, the sales pipeline. 
Ah, uh, yes. The dreaded sales pipeline. Um, well, so we touched on some of it already as far yep. as you need to you need to take ownership of your sales pipeline so that you mm-hmm. can actually turn it off and on um, because pipelines can be dangerous, mm-hmm. right? Uh, depending, depending on how they work. Um, the other thing that is really important is you need to have um, more dedication to your sales, more time to your sales than mo- what most business owners are comfortable with. The vast majority of business owners don't actually like sales. The vast majority of business owners that we talk to on a regular basis are accidental business owners. So Drew McClellan, uh, a mentor of ours, runs Agency Management Institute. He uses that term all the time, right? Accidental business owners, they are practitioners. Mm -hmm. They're really good at what they do. And they're like, oh, well, I could probably do this on my own. Because, and they found a couple of clients and they were doing it. And before long, they were running a business and they've never actually been trained in how to run a business. Mm. They're just really good practitioners and they've been yep. able to pull themselves through the initial stages of business growth because they're so good at what they do that they make up for the lack in those other areas. Um, right. So you need to, you need to understand if you're running away from sales. Um, if you're a business owner, depending on the sort of business that you're in, obviously we focus on agencies, coaches, and consultants. So that's a little bit narrower, uh, focus than, than what some of your listeners might be. Mm-hmm. But for us, um, you know, an agency owner should be spending 50% of their time on biz dev, mm-hmm. 50%, right? Yeah. Most people will look at that and go, man, I'm happy to get like 10 or 15% in mm-hmm. should be about 50%. Right, which means you have to take you have to take responsibility for everything else that is on your plate and find the right person to be able to hand that off to, so you can really focus on sales. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, the other the other piece um, that really makes a difference when you're talking about your sales pipeline is identifying the right pawns. Um, so Pam Slim does a really good job of describing what she calls the audience ecosystem. So you put your audience at the very center of everything. And you're not the only person that's helping your audience. You're not the only company that's solving problems for your audience. Mm -hmm. Your audience has many, many different needs and they use many, many different products and services. A lot of those are gonna be what what she calls peanut butter and jelly relationships, complementary and Mm non-competitive, brilliant. So identifying those complementary and non-competitive relationships can open up ponds for you from a biz dev standpoint that didn't exist before, whether that is associations, organizations, whether that is other professionals or businesses, whether that is just places where people hang out and really uh, spend their time that are your audience, being able to dedicate your sales efforts to those specific places really makes a difference because a lot of sales efforts are wasted. Mm. Okay. Um, we're also huge advocates, probably not a big surprise as we kind of talk through stuff. We're huge advocates of thought leadership, right? As I mentioned at the very beginning, the reason for that is because if you're a thought leader, guess what? You get access to those pawns more easily. Mm-hmm. You're invited in. You don't have to try to kick down the door. You stand out as someone different than everybody else within that pond, right? 
And you're able to actually nurture that pond. It's not about just taking out of because you have the ability to really teach within that space, the ability to help within that space, you can contribute back and make sure that that pond remains really, really healthy for you. Mm. So from, from a biz dev pipeline standpoint, if you can't, niching down is, is really important because otherwise you can't identify that audience ecosystem. Mm -hmm. And then once you've got that audience ecosystem identified, finding those peanut butter and jelly relationships, and then Ideally, you have a position of thought leadership to be able to then nurture those ponds, stand out from those ponds, get access to those ponds. So all of your efforts are going towards the right people. And all of that is leading back to growing your list, which we talked about at the very beginning, because once someone is on your list, once someone is in your ecosystem and you can actually contact them when you want to contact them with information that is relevant to them, your ability to sell is, is very, very different. So I know that that's a lot of pieces individually, mm -hmm. but right. none, none of these pieces in and of themselves are large, right? This is, this is biz dev by eating the elephant one bite at a time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And this is why business owners and visionaries need people like you. <laughs> <laughs> Focus. Focus is important. Uh, yeah, you, yeah. Can't, you can't just go, well, we're, I'm going to this event. Why? Well, there's a lot of there's a lot of potential clients there. Really, what's it about? I, I don't know, but there's business owners there. How are you going to help them with that? Any way that I can, right? Yeah. As long as they can write a check, I'll work for them. That's that's <laughs> not that's not the ideal focus for uh, for a biz dev effort. Right. Okay. Cool. Um, I got a couple shifting directions just a little bit here. What have you found? What's one thing that you found in? Well, actually, I don't even know this actually if you have found creating the balance between working having this entrepreneurial life and also having a life that isn't just only work have you do you feel like you've found somewhere in there where you've landed that feels good for you and if so what's the what secret what did you do to cultivate that what, yeah what, what have you found <laughs> that helped you create that uh yeah. no i have not found the perfect balance yet Okay. Um, and I, and, and I, I, not that there's a perfect balance, but just like something right. that feels good. Yeah. Um, so I, I and I, I want to be cautious about the, you know, work-life balance. I understand what it's trying to imply. For most entrepreneurs, that's an unrealistic expectation. Um, it is really more about work-life blend um, and how you're yeah. able to, to bring your work with you and to have it be part of the things that you want to do. Um, so one of the big ways that we utilize work-life blend here at Predictive, we're 100% remote. Mm -hmm. We always have been. Um, even, even before you know, COVID made a lot of businesses shift and everything like that, we were born and raised remote. Our entire team lives various places in the country, right? Um, and I love that mm -hmm. because I love to travel. And it's really easy. I fold up my laptop and I can go anywhere. Yeah. And so that right there is a really good example of work-life blend where I'm, I'm not, I'm not like putting work somehow in a, in a corner or closing off the little cupboard or things along those lines. Although 
physically that is good to have an office and and close the door when you're done. Uh, that is a good thing to be able to do uh, mm -hmm. for for some folks. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't say that I've I've found that perfect one uh, for me. Still working on some of that for sure, and and I think that that changes. Right. So it was really, really good. I, I love my work-life blend. And then I got married and now I have a son mm -hmm. that put different pressures on my work-life blend than what was there before. So what was mm -hmm. great. Okay. Now, now I'm seeing some fractures in it, some, some stress. And, uh, and so there's had to be modifications and I feel like, yep, definitely headed in that right direction. And there's bound to be another curveball that's going to come my way. And yeah. some of it might be lovely, right? Some yeah. of it might not be so lovely um, as far as what is coming my way, but life is not static, right? And yeah. so even if you do find that that secret sauce, just know that secret sauce is probably going to be temporary. And, and you're going to have to, you're going to have to be prepared um, to revisit what's really important. And each iteration is going to get you closer and closer to what you want. Um, and what you need from it. And it gets easier as you scale a business. Mm -hmm. um, while you are wearing a dozen hats, it's a whole lot harder than while you're wearing three hats. Right. So there is some light at the end of the tunnel for anybody that's just starting on this journey too. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks for sharing. Yeah. I think, I think one of the keys is, is like you said, it's never going to be done. It's never going to be perfect. Right. But knowing that it's going to change and being okay with that, I think creates some semblance of peace that you wouldn't have otherwise. If you're like constantly worried about well, it's going to change, you know? Um, so yeah, I had everything perfect and now it's destroyed. It's like, yes. No. Yep. Yeah. It's, it's like mowing your lawn. Okay. Well, give it some time. It's going to need to be mowed again. That's just, that's just the reality of it. Yeah. Yeah. How old is your son? Uh, so he is 11 now, which is wild. Nice. I know. Yeah. It blows my mind. Yeah. And, and I'm sure you've gone through multiple changes with that from like the baby phase to now the like, yeah, to now like right. almost exactly. the preteen is like totally different. There's yeah. iterations all along it. Right. And, yeah. and there will be more to come. Uh, yeah. And, and, you know, that's exciting. That's, it can be frustrating sometimes when you kind of feel like I got it dialed in and then you're like, well, then maybe not so much anymore. Right. So, yeah. Um, so that's, that's okay. So again, for anybody that's listening that you're struggling with this, um, give yourself some grace. Uh, you know, it's, I think it's easy to hear others talk about where they're at and we're always comparing our, our back of stage to their front of stage. Yeah. And the reality is most things are pretty messy. Um, and, and even if someone is riding high at the moment, um, there have been times when they have not, and there will be times when they're not in the future. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that's okay. Give yourself some grace and just know each iteration is going to be a little bit better. Each, each time you, you tackle it, it's going to get a little bit easier. Um, and, and I do believe that that is true through my, through my own experience. Um, although sometimes it can feel like it takes forever. Uh, to start to notice that improvement. Yeah, totally. I love that you said, give yourself some grace. I've said that a number of times over the past week. <laughs> <laughs> if, if, if you hadn't, then you better get in practice because yeah. uh, something's <laughs> probably coming. 
Um, and <laughs> yeah, and that's okay. That's okay too. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Uh, last big question that I ask everybody, which is what makes you feel fully alive? What makes me feel fully alive personally, professionally, or either, either or both either. Um, so, uh, this is probably going to seem like a, a cop-out answer, but honestly, uh, traveling with my family. I cool. love it. Um, you know, I was talking earlier about kind of my, my background and my history for, for the vast majority of my life. Uh, I traveled six months or more out of the year. I love mm. to travel. I love to be out meeting new people, seeing new things, uh, experiencing new cultures. Like I just adore that. Um, so that, that really makes me feel fully alive. And then the other part, uh, maybe more from professional side, I love solving problems. So that's why the, the system stuff like gets me excited is because it's a puzzle mm -hmm. um, and it, it has bounds. There's not, you can't just, <laughs> you can't just grab pieces from another puzzle and start throwing them in. You have all the pieces that you need, but you have to be able to make a coherent picture out of them and make them all work together. Um, and that sort of bounded creativity uh, is something that I really, I really enjoy uh, and it, for many visionaries, that's too constraining, but for me, that's like that sweet spot. Nice. Love it. Where, just out of curiosity, do you guys, uh, road trip or do you fly? Uh, we road trip when we can fly when we have to. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Well, uh, where can people contact you find out more about you? Yeah. Uh, so there's the, the usual suite of social media, um, easy enough to find, although there's eight bazillion Eric Jensen's out there, just add predictive into the search and you're good. Um, and then uh, the easiest ways really are uh, kind of two ways. If you're interested in, in understanding how thought leadership can be applied to your business, highly encourage you to check it out. Uh, we got a free book and it is actually free. You don't have to pay for shipping and handling or some weird thing. Um, and you just go to predictiveroi.com forward slash free dash book. So again, pretty easy to remember. Um, and then my, my favorite way, honestly, for people to, to get to know us is we do a weekly Q&A live um, and we teach for 10 to 15 minutes. Um, if I'm teaching, sometimes it might go into the 20 minute range. But, but anyway, <laughs> uh, we, we teach for just a little bit. Uh, on a topic. And then we open it up to questions about that topic or anything else. And it is a blast because it's full. Uh, the room has always got, um, you know, other business owners, people who are struggling with certain things, uh, people who have great advice for the questions that come up. Um, so really like that. And that's predictive forward slash uh, QA. Uh, so again, pretty, pretty straightforward to be able to find. You can also just go to the website and it's right there on the banner. So. Okay. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. It has been a pleasure talking with you today, Eric. I really appreciate you coming on the show. You bet, David. I really appreciate it as well. Uh, and hopefully your listeners got some, uh, some useful information from this. Oh, for sure. Definitely. Thank you for listening to Sacrifice to Success podcast. If you or someone you know would like to be a guest on the show, please check out the link in the show notes and you can find all of the details there. If you got something out of this interview, would you please take a moment to share on social media? You can just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to somebody or post it on the socials. Let's see if we can change the narrative of social media and post valuable, positive content. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content. So to make sure you don't miss any episodes, please go ahead and subscribe. 
the thumbs up ratings and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and they mean a lot to me. If you'd like to know more, go to my website, davidweavercoach.com, or you can follow me on LinkedIn or Facebook. Those links are also in the show notes. And I do also have a free training on my website as well. So thank you so much for listening and we will see you next time.